Welcome to Season 2, Episode 25 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today is the team. Janelle Wheeler's back with us. Hey, everybody. Matthew Aguilar here as usual. What up? And queen of anime herself is back, Megan Peters, who's also co-host of our sister podcast, A Wild Podcast Has Appeared, a Pokemon podcast. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good resume. That's a lot of stuff to try to run down in one resume. But, uh, yeah, you know, I like it. I mean, yeah, it all fits you. So here you are again. You're a regular over here. Everybody kind of knows you by now. If you're just getting into the show, you're like, yeah, Megan knows all things anime to K-pop and is our expert on all things that. So she's here today because uh, we're going to talk to you about a little bit about some manga stuff. We're going to talk to you about our comic stuff because, you know, Matt's here and he loves to talk about that stuff. Uh, we're also going to be talking about some new movie delays that have just popped up on the radar. Uh, the latest reveals from the PlayStation 5, which is this kind of a slow strip tease of information we keep getting. Plus, the Hunger Games are coming back to theaters for a prequel. HBO Max is coming, and it's bringing something DC fans have desperately wanted to see. And we're going to get into TV, too. So there's a lot to do on this episode. So best to get started right at the top. So we've been talking about Venom 2 for quite Venom. a while now. Venom, yeah, it was our <laughs> hero. And Venom was like our hero, man. It was standing up for 2020. It had planted its feet in October and said, you shall not pass to the coronavirus. Like, <laughs> oh, like, I'm that's a great way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. And ironically, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a little double entendre in there. That, uh, yeah, I mean, it may not pass. So because it may not pass, Venom 2 has uh, uprooted itself and said, all right, yeah, peace 2020, I'm out, and is moving to 2021. So Venom has jumped from October to, to uh, June of 2020, October 2020 to June of 2021. And it's ironic because it kind of like weirdly segues into another big change that we had, which is the Batman, which has moved from been delayed because it too, these are both films we've been talking about because they're in production and they were in production when the coronavirus pandemic kind of swept across America or we figured out it was sweeping across America. However you look at that. Anyway, the point is that like they were just kind of cut short in the middle of their productions, Venom two, the Batman. And we've been sitting here for weeks saying like, there's going to, I mean, if it, if it doesn't look like we're going to get back to business fast enough, like there were going to be delays to these productions, something was going to have to give with these release dates. So ironically enough, they kind of switched strategies. So the Batman has gone from summer to an October date around the Halloween movie kind of run. And uh, Venom 2 has gone from October to a summer date, kicking off the kind of real deep summer 2021 movie, you know, season. I think Which the Batman changeup is good. Yeah. I think the, oh, yeah. that release date is good for that. I think it will actually benefit it. Yeah, I wrote about this, and I wrote about the release date change, and just kind of pulling together everything we do know about the Batman, it could really benefit this film because there has been increasing suspicion that this is adapting parts, at least, of the long Halloween, which you know, from set photos of Halloween stuff, the setup with the, the characters that are involved, the various rogues and the Car uh, Carmine Falcone, who John Totoro is playing, Catwoman being involved, it being in Batman's second year. These are all things that are part of, of the long Halloween. Um, and it's a long investigation that Batman technically doesn't solve. Spoilers on a very old Batman story. Um, but he technically doesn't solve it. So it's also kind of a twisted detective tale with a, with a kind of twist ending to it. So. It's the kind of thing that if it is based on the long Halloween, like, yeah, moving that to October is going to be really good for that movie. It, and especially if Matt Reeves is going for this film noir, kind of darker, kind of uh, mood, atmospheric kind of Batman world that he's building. Uh, I think that'll be a better fit for October. And, and the marketing just sells itself if it's based on long Halloween. Time to announce that. Just lean into it and, and like, let's start the marketing for that. Um, Venom 2. First of all, let's talk about this title. Matt, I know, I know you have thoughts. Title thoughts. Let there be carnage. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. Oh man, it is subjectively. Oh. It's subject. Like I'm a punny person. Like I love like little jokes and stuff like that. And in my wildest dreams, I never thought 
Venom would sink so low. But like, honestly, I should have expected it. Just I mean, like, oh, jeez. Okay, just, this doesn't need to be complicated. Like, this does, Carnage rises. Uh, all you could really have to do is say Venom 2, you know, uh, Rise of Carnage, you know, whatever. Like, make it generic. Just put Carnage yeah. in there somewhere. But this is like so fan fiction y. And that's, uh, yeah. that's not uh, good fan fiction here because I've, look, fan fiction yeah. can be great and it can be terrible. This is like bad, like, fan fiction. <laughs> this is circa like 2003 net like weird stuff happening. You have absolute carnage, maximum card. You have all these. The comics have done it for you. Just don't try so hard. Oh, don't try so like hard. This, I feel like this is just going to wind up almost kind of being like the Harley Quinn situation of like Birds of Prey and like the Emancipation. Where they like, change it. Like, and they yeah. like <laughs> dropped. Like it was such a great title and everyone was like, oh, that's great. But like objectively, that's not going to work for you in the end. So they just ended up like cutting the hat end of it off and just being like birds of prey. This is just going to end up being venom too. When they I start so. doing yeah, do things with so. it. It's so stupid. It's so yeah. stupid. It's odd. It sounds like a kid's coloring book or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, that, oh, whoa. What kind of kid's <laughs> I was about to say, wait, are where are you shopping well, for I'll, your coloring? Well, I also like have my little cousin read like, watching the walking dead so i'm weird <laughs> dude it's the worst thing about it is it sounds like it came right out of that post-credit scene with woody harrelson in a bad wig and it's just oh like, my gosh yes it's like he just said it and then it just like they're gonna replay that scene and then it'll just be like right into the title card <laughs> of this new one and it's just that's, like uh, oh, that's man. great it just, yeah if it they sucks for posters it just it's you don't need this if they like, replay that scene at the beginning of the movie does it get like a justice league level CGI redo of a different wig. He's got different hair. No, uh, I don't scene. know. Based on what we've seen, Woody Harrelson dressed just as in this changed movie, his hair. You yeah. just don't don't even bother. Just, just like change his hair. It. It's cool. People do it, especially right now. People can't get to the hairdresser. They can't. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Blame yeah. it on the quarantining. It's quarantine. Have, <laughs> just have like a little like screen in between the title card and the actual film that says after quarantine or something like that. Completely <laughs> yeah, different. Yeah. He's Clean like, the- man. It was rough. <laughs> Make it topical. There you go. Exactly. Wait. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So Venom Two is going to be coming in summer. Which, I mean, title aside, uh, the main event of Venom versus Carnage and that whole thing and a Spider-Man possible appearance. Uh, that'll be good. I mean, this is going to be a busy summer for Spider-Man potentially. If he's going to be cam at this whole universe. I mean. We now have Venom 2 coming in 2021. Then Spider-Man's coming after that. Uh, I forget when Morbius arrives sometime. You're next, not alone. Next There's year. I think, I think it's like February maybe. So like, yeah, there's going to be like a whole Spider-Man universe by the time we get out of 2021. We should probably spin that out into an article. Because I know Jim is going to watch this and be like, you should probably spin that out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I can. Maybe this all leads to me getting a solo or a cardiac movie. You know what? So I appreciate right that along. optimism. Moving right along. There's also some DC movie re- uh, release changes. The Flash <laughs> has been changed. So, I mean, the Batman yeah. isn't the only thing that's changed. Their whole production line, of course, has been had to be rescheduled because of this whole coronavirus pandemic. So the Batman is now coming out uh, in October. The Flash is actually, in 2022, the Flash is going to move up from July 2022 to June 2022 to help fill the gap. And Shazam 2 will then be delayed from April of 2022 to November of that year. I don't, the Flash does not exist until I actually like get a trailer. I agree. Like like the idea, like the idea of Flash's release date being moved up was not in my cards for the quarantine. Like if anything, I expected them to be like, it's out. Just take it off the books. We don't (laughs) have it ready. And especially after the recent drama with Ezra Miller, I was like, I don't, I didn't, I didn't even think they would want to touch that for right now because it would bring up some, some uncomfortable discussions. Um, But the fact that it's moving up has me curious about at least how the creative developments going on behind the scenes of, of the story that we know has been reworked and reworked and reworked with all these directors. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited for that. I personally, of, I just, re- I've been very eager to see the flash since it was announced like 30 Same. years ago. It's one of my favorites. Oh, and yeah. Um, yeah. I've been waiting for it. 
Yeah. So, but now the conversations around it are a little I'm bit really curious about that. Yeah. Like with the drama that is going on with him, uh, do, did we, do we have any like updates on that? Is it confirmed? Uh, or I is do. he commenting? I actually do. Uh, Ooh, it's Hollywood. Spicy. Yeah. It's Hollywood. And it's not the first time, unfortunately, yeah. a leading man has choked out a woman. Wait, for anyone who doesn't know what the drama is, can we recap that? Uh, yes, very carefully. So yes. Ezra Miller was over in Iceland during the uh, quarantine, which was a weird thing in the beginning. But uh, he was out at a bar and had this interaction with this female fan who was allegedly trolling him. Maybe, maybe not. Doesn't matter. The point is, and there's a video of him kind of grabbing her around the neck and throwing her to the ground. And it causes big debate about the people who posted on social media said he had lost patience with her because she was making comments to him and uh, kind of attacked her. Other people were saying it was play fighting. Um, it came out that the bar itself said, you know, this was some kind of altercation and they ejected him from the bar. Um, yeah. I forget how, if it played. All was involved possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So it was at a bar. Yeah. So he was, uh, there were rumors that he was drunk and then kind of belligerent and then standing mm -hmm. barefoot across the bar. There's a lot of accounts. Um, yeah. I don't know if any formal, I lost track of the story. If every, any formal legal stuff has been filed, but, uh, like, yeah, it was, and it he was hasn't commented, day. right? No. no. Uh, okay. And he, and this was like a big deal because obviously it's a leading man in several franchises for Warner brothers, uh, fantastic beast. DC's the flash. Um, there was also the fact that, you know, Ezra Miller is a very outspoken LGBTQ plus kind of advocate. And this, of course, would loud was a small opening for any number of trolls to kind of flood in and kind of get into political, sociopolitical kind of debates and, you know, all that stuff. And it, it, it was just a kind of a quagmire real fast. So. Or if yeah. in a different time, if we weren't also like thirsting for news beyond coronavirus updates, this would kind of blow over. But it's just been like completely scrutinized because there's nothing else going on. Really? Yeah. Because I think it's going to be the opposite. I think there's so much more serious stuff going on. Yeah, that's that, true. That's a good that point this too. Scandal. People will come out, and by the time we come out of all this, people will be like, "Wait, what? Oh yeah, that was a oh, thing." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, good yeah. point. Good point. Yeah. Because people are just like, I mean, people are concerned about. Life and death. We've seen very right. pointedly, as Gal Gadot learned the whole hard way, people <laughs> are not giving an F about celebrities right now, <laughs> like what they're doing. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, no, I know this flash is on its way. I mean, I knew this one time was different. Uh, Andy Muschietti, the guy who did it, is in it. He has a creative team in place. They've been like working on a story. Like that guy knows how to crank out stuff and get it done. So, uh, I thought this was coming down the pipeline, but uh, yeah, we'll see what's going to happen. I mean, this all depends on when this all really truly blows over and we can even get back to work. So those are the current delays. All right, moving right along. So the PS5 is out and it's showing off a, a nice hot bod. Matt, I know you like to get into this kind of stuff. You Very exciting stuff. For sure. <laughs> I know it's not a symbiote orgy. But, uh, oh my God. You, man. <laughs> Your your tee ups are amazing. Uh, so yeah, so this play, was, but this gives you PlayStation Two vibes. It's less of the bulky stuff. It's, it's giving right. you PS Two like nostalgia. It well, and two one uh, the thing we're talking about specifically is a mock up uh, from a. It's not the official design. Um, that is a like fan done design to match the Dual Sense controller. Um, right. The Dual Sense. For one, just from the aesthetic, like I don't hate it. It's actually nice. Like it, it looks, it's very fitting. Like if this ended up being something similar to the final design, it mm -hmm. wouldn't shock me. Uh, Sony tends to be a little more reserved. Do you there. think they're sticking with the white? I think color? so. Just I hate why it. Would you put it's the just I love. It looks beautiful <sighs> to look at if you never touch it and it's never yes. in your hands. But imagine eating Cheetos and playing yeah. like your well, favorite okay, well, game. Well, <laughs> I just have a hatred. A strong hatred for any white controller. Oh, that's because garbage! I, oh, I just I love no, the look of no, it, but no. it doesn't make sense. Sorry, I'm sitting here with wow. my switch. No, it's because I. No, I'm just going to be totally open right now. When I play games traditionally <laughs> on the PS4, I get sweaty hands. I get nervous, mm -hmm. and then it winds up like. Yeah, but that's gross. Your and <laughs> that's a controller. So give me yeah. other options. 
Dude, I guess I mean, as too, but it's a good way to other keep options. Black as controllers are just hiding who, the filth. Black controllers are just hiding the filth. Yes, just don't clean it. It does. It does After have the filth. At GameStop, just and clean it off. To clean people's controllers when they traded them in and their systems. You're nasty. A lot of people are nasty with their stuff. So do clean, they take clean a rag to it. Take it. No, it's you ever have to go in with a Q-tip and like get the gunk out of an Xbox yeah. controller or whatever. It's gross. And so wait, it, but is like, a so white, is it going to be able to be cleaned off easily? Like, do you I think mean, it won't stain the, the I have plastic? a white PS4 controller and it's pretty so immaculate. It's pretty You're immaculate. Right. I Me too. Out. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because like I'm conscious oh. of, I don't oh. like smear yeah. my hand in Doritos yeah. and then touch my controller. Yeah, no, I didn't think nope. about that. It's not hard. It's not I will hard. say First though, all, I did have the MacBook, like judgment. the old school white one. <laughs> and the, the keyboard on that, it just yeah. started wearing away. Like it, it, it really wasn't like the best on a MacBook. I will say that much. All I know but is it looks great, but I do not. It like does. The white it color. looks beautiful. As soon as they announce any other color, except for yellow, I'm sorry. I also don't like yellow. yellow. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> sorry, but what? <laughs> I'm curious now. I'm just curious because like yellow hides a bunch of stuff. You would think. I just, no. I don't know. I just generally matters. don't like the color. Look, well, I, the, good news, is, Megan, yeah. the good news. Megan, the good news is that. anime controller like I've ever seen. Yeah. How do you not it love pretty. it? It looks like straight I, out of like. Some, like no, I love the design. Anime. Like I'm saying, like I like the how it looks. Yeah. The de- like how it looks is great. The mm-hmm. color just throws me off. As soon as they come out with the orange and blue one. Gators. Give it gators. Give I, it want the, I want the console to match. Because I wanted a white PS4 or PS4 forever, and I could never really get my hands on one until it was mm-hmm. like too late, and I didn't care anymore after like two years of trying to find right. one. Uh, yeah. So I wanted that Destiny one forever. Having one out of the gate white, it sets it apart from the Xbox design of like pure black with like True. green lights. It sets it apart at the retailer, and it sets it apart at your home. And yeah. I think it's gorgeous, Very futuristic aesthetic. looking. Yeah. So, um, with We're E3 canceled, on. there's going to be a lot of... I, I will say this, though. It is coming out that it's going to be around $499 to $549, I believe, um, which is kind of costly. It's um, not bad, though. But Yeah. Me. Right. And oh, the, the load times are going to be absolutely ridiculous. Like, between the games, it's going to be, like the loading time is just going to be crazy different. Like it's going to be, take it from like 15 second load time to like under a second load time. Well, considering that I have the original PS4 and I'm trying to play Final Fantasy VII Remake right now, oh I gosh. would be so excited for a late time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm excited. Just to, like, right. resolution, color. ray tracing technology, this faster loading good, times. Listen, really cool stuff. I'm going to be honest. Like, <laughs> I thought this design was like a real thing because I only, I only loosely study for this show. So I'm, like, I'm like you dorks. I only like loosely study for this show. So I thought this was a real PS5 design and I'm just now disappointed that it's not. So this I all think sounds they good, will we're going to move one th- on. I think they will showcase it in an event in May. That's We're, we're still waiting to know like when that's going to be, but because E3 isn't going... Uh, we're just waiting for when they're going to announce all these different companies are going to be announcing things at different times now instead of just one week. So that's cool. We'll, yeah. we'll be getting updates, you know, more spread out. So that's exciting. Now, what these geeks said. <laughs> Moving on to what we can talk about in the cool kids table. The Hunger Games. <laughs> really? Hunger Games is what you put at hey, the cool the Hunger kids Games table? Was, yeah. a Hunger Games was a, school, <laughs> was a school lunchroom-wide phenomenon. Uh, I like it all, so we're I'll good. Tell, I'll take Hunger Games. Games. Hunger Games is coming back. Yeah, Hunger Games is coming back for a prequel. We did a little thing about the book when it was uh, first announced. It's going to be about President Snow and his youth, and he's apparently like going to be in a more heroic light. And now they're going to be making a movie of it, as we all suspected. And uh, they're bringing back director Francis Lawrence, who did the better Hunger Games movies, uh, Hunger Games Catching Fire, Mockingjay Part 1 and 2, which if you combine them is an all right movie. Uh, he's going to, and the guy who did Constantine, uh, yeah, he's going to be coming back and doing this Hunger Games prequel film. Uh, it's called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And it's kind of a guess about how President Snow is coming out of the Academy as a Coriolanus Snow is coming out of the Academy as a young man and decides to become a Hunger Games mentor. Um, and I guess this will trace kind of how he went from kind of more of an idealistic young man 
to the we knew from the Katniss Everdeen Hunger Games trilogy. And uh, yeah, on uh, God, I don't know if you guys were doing this when Hunger Games started casting. Oh man, this is one of the most annoying casting things in the Lionsgate. I mean, they're just so annoying with this because. It just becomes a drip drip of like, here's somebody from District 1. Here's somebody from District 2. Here's somebody from District 3. Here's somebody from District 4. And it just goes on like this. But uh, yeah, I mean, what are you guys thinking? You, I mean, anybody really excited I, for this? I just have a question. Is this book out? No, it's coming out. No. So. Okay, so do we know like in kind of what the timeline is between book and movie? Um, like when we're going to be getting these things? Fast as hell. Yeah. Yeah. As fast like, as around the, the same time as one another. Let's or? put it this way. Suzanne Collins was coordinating with the director, Francis Lawrence, before it is now April, almost May. And wow, it's almost May. Oh my wow. God. Yeah. Anyway, it's almost May. And they were talking, he was saying that he was talking to her about this back last fall. I mean, before yeah. this book was on anybody's radar. So okay. I'm pretty sure that Lionsgate and Suzanne Collins are pretty much, I mean, they George R. R. Martin to her, like she's working with the studio. Like, okay. So maybe release at the same time yeah. as the movie or no, just no, maybe like one month no, no, no. before they'll, or something. They'll let the book run first. So yeah. fans read it, get familiar with what this okay. story is about. And then the movie will be probably out. I mean, they, they just announced him as director today. So okay. they have the source material. They probably have a script that Suzanne Collins and, uh, Michael Arden, who did all the rest of the movies. It's the, it's the same team. So everybody knows how to do I think this. the same team, personally. Yeah. How, so. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the team. I'm, I've, even when it was announced, like with the book, like when we first got that discussion, I was not super into the idea of President Snow. But again, I'm biased because you just learn to hate him so much. And the, the original series, which is a credit, which is a total credit to the creation of that character um, for us to hate him so much. I'm curious to see the character arc. More importantly, though, so it's, I mean, it's kind of following him as he's becoming like a mentor for the Hunger Games. So I'm curious to see how this will differentiate from the original films because I'm, I'm curious to see how much of it will be focused on an actual Hunger Games, how much of, is it, of it is focused on like the socio-political atmosphere of the, the districts that he's interacting with. I think there's a lot of history that the franchise never got to explore, um, which I'm personally excited about. Um, and I do trust Suzanne Collins. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm about it. I think I need to see a little bit more about it. But, you know, my first reaction was I don't hate it but I don't trust it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think it all depends on how it relates to modern times and how <laughs> she's kind of boiling this into a story about how, you know, somebody who's just an ambitious person can take hold of something that's very volatile in society at a time and, and kind of twist that into power. And I mean, that's essentially what I, I the only real thing I could see this story being about is how did president snow learn to manipulate media and events and a kind of worn down kind of tired populace into being enslaved by him and, and going along with things like the hunger games. And how does he come out of being out of the Academy with whatever dreams he had of kind of taking hold of that opportunity and kind of doing that is, is going to be the kind of intrigue. And like Megan said, I think, what could be different is instead of seeing like, hey, what's an ancient version of the Hunger Games look like? Like, you know, it, it'll be like what happens behind the scenes, more of like a Game of Thronesian thing. Like what happens behind the scenes? Like who, what happens up in the booth when people are making moves and alliances and, you know, sponsoring and doing all that stuff? Like what is the, what is the kind of ruling class and the elite class do during all this and getting a more of an insight into that would be something that we haven't seen. So... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It could be good. Uh, the creative team has done well, so uh, we'll see. Matt, are you mad that there's not going to be any symbiote orgies in this? No, I mean, I, I don't. I'm kind of where Megan is. Like this, this has potential, but it's not necessarily. I every almost every single movie of those, there is a giant sequence where they are participating in the Hunger Games. <laughs> like aside from like the final one, so I don't see this being. And he'd like, they're going to find some way to make it like half the movie about well, the experience yeah. and them fighting. Like, cause they don't, 
they focus on some of that other interesting stuff, but I don't see them doing a whole movie about it. So well, it's going to get really twisted. Is I mean, he's a mentor, and the whole setup is you knowing that this guy is a mentor, and that what that means in the context of the Hunger Games is literally somebody's life is in his hands. And yeah. it's like, does President Snow value that, or will the twist of this movie be he like sacrifices his person and you know for personal gain and. Yeah, all that good stuff. And how hard would that be? If yeah, yeah, is it, it bad could be that good. I'm wait? I'm more excited for the book than the movie personally. No, I mean, no, I same here. Book. Okay, yeah, yeah. mainly I, think I trust we'll, the I'll book enjoy more, more. So to do the interesting stuff. Yeah, backstory and development, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah, totally. Stanley Tucci doesn't age, so is he going to be the same? Like, is he going to just look the same? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's all. That's all I want. You saw the fool. You saw the Negroni video. He's fine. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be, uh, he'll be doing fine. <sighs> He's a mad martini maker. Yeah. Yes. All right. So that's the Hunger Games ballad of songbirds and snakes. Uh, we'll keep you updated on the book and everything that goes on with that. And then I'm sure you'll be hearing about the movie because they're not going to keep it a secret. So don't bother Jennifer Lawrence about this. She has nothing to do with it. All right. Moving right along. HBO Max is coming. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Rejoice. Come to yeah. I mean, uh, something as I to get this, excited about. I was writing this down and it reminded me that Peacock is technically here on Xfinity and they've been offering it to me free for a week and I just haven't been able to pick up my Xfinity remote and say, Peacock. oh my gosh. <laughs> and that's, that's how much enthusiasm I have for that. So I went and bought stars. I mean, it's your money. You, you do whatever I you mean, want. I mean, just for like, they have this deal like three months. I think it's five bucks a month no, for three months. So I was like, let's just do it. No, man. I, I, <laughs> I support watching stars. There was some good stuff I watched on stars. Power. Power verse coming out. I was going to say, yeah, you're like their number one yeah. app. Yeah, I am. Power. Yeah, I mean, I, I seriously was. I mean, I said a lot. <laughs> I watched Counterpart, Power. Like, yeah, I was big into stars. So I'm not hating on stars at all. But uh, HBO Max is arriving in May. And of course, if you don't know what this one is, it it combines HBO, Cinemax, uh, Warner Brothers' entire library of movies, television shows, which includes things like the entire DC universe. So it is kind of a a big power player. It's kind of a weird one. I just did a whole which streaming guide services right for you guide. Um, And then I'm saying this one's kind of like the weird hedgehog because it could be like really good because you underestimate how many things Warner Brothers owns in terms of IPs and, and different movies and and TV shows that Warner Brothers Television is involved in, in producing. Um, and like I said, nobody's really gotten it right to how to do the DC stuff digitally yet. DC Universe was kind of a fail. HBO and Cinemax are two of the best in terms of getting big movies and or original programming together. So there is something here and it's arriving in May. Uh, which is a good time to launch because people will still be either half crazy and still on lockdown or getting off of lockdown, but still not wanting to go out. Yep. So there might be some stuff to, you know, to get, cause you do get quite a bit and it's hard. Like I said, the real key to this one is if you are currently paying for HBO or Cinemax or God forbid DC universe, then this just instantly makes more sense in the world for you to, for you just to switch to this. And I mm-hmm. think HBO subscribers, like I think, I think it automatically updates them. Does it automatically update cable? Like people are paying for it on their cable providers or is it Um, just AT&T? I saw the AT&T users. I'm not sure about all the ins and outs. I'm not sure about Comcast or any of the others. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure about that because Comcast is more leaning towards NBC. Right. uh, Yeah. So uh, oh, I know. that sucks. But here's the good news. We are getting, and we kind of missed this last week because it was just, it's hard to keep track of some of this stuff, but uh, we're getting a Justice League Dark. Oh, yeah. Finally happening. Justice yeah. League Dark is awesome. finally happening. It's and it's happening forever. as an HBO Max series from none other than Mr. JJ Lost slash Felicity Abrams himself. Oh, he's director. Wow. I will slap you in the teeth. Um, <laughs> wow. That yes. was an aggressive <laughs> comeback. Wow. Yes. I mean, for uh, the purposes of uh, CBS sorry, and everything else, we would never harm, physically harm each other while social distancing. But uh, no. In comic book terms, punch in yes. the teeth. Like with yeah. a kapow. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. You take that back, sir. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we're getting a Justice League Dark trailer, which is 
we're getting the Justice League Dark trailer, which is going to be uh, good. We want to see this. This is this is something that obviously DC fans have wanted for a quite a long time. Um, we've been and it almost happened several times. Guillermo del Toro was making a movie. Doug Lyman was making a movie. Like mm-hmm. yeah, everybody's doing the movie, but it's not happening. It's coming to HBO Max, which is a smart play because. Damn it! Now I have to like see HBO Max because I have to watch this. Yep, and yeah. see what it is because it feels like the next evolution of DC Universe, which was to me already an evolution, a step above the Arrowverse, and this seems like kind of like maybe the middle ground, like a good series that's adult enough, but like doesn't have to go for the like F Batman's of a whole DC Universe. We're so uh, bad. Hard Titans. Yeah, Oof. and I love Titans, and it's still yeah, I mean, Titans is still here. It's not going anywhere. Oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so this is going to be interesting. I mean, this is the first time we've had like not to knock on anybody making Titans or Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, or anything else. But this is like first time we've had like real blockbuster name talent behind one of these shows, and and it couldn't be more perfect for like the subject matter because Justice League Dark, as we said, is great, and there's a reason why people love it. If you don't know what it's about, it's basically a bunch of supernatural themed or occult themed characters from the DC uh, universe heroes or anti-heroes who come together as their own kind of like justice league team. Yeah. And it involves like Zatanna, dead man, uh, swamp thing, John Constantine. Yeah. Uh, different oh, yeah. iterations have, uh, you know, uh, the demon sometimes like there's been all kinds of different people. Etrigan. Etrigan. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. like, yeah. And it is, it better cool. have detective chimp. There is no Justice League Dark without Detective Chimp. Okay. It better right. have Detective Chimp. That's all I'm saying. All right, he's a freaking well. detective is a monkey. Like, that's brilliant. It's just brilliant. So if J.J. Abrams does not take advantage of Detective Chimp, I would... Well, you know, so Matt, I hope that's true. hope that's true. <laughs> <laughs> For both of us, I hope it's true. I mean, like, I'm super excited about this. I mean, I have this Zatanna shot glass, like, behind me on my counter that I look at longingly every day, but I don't have any alcohol currently because quarantine. Um, but... Aside from that tangent, I'm I'm excited. I think HBO Max is the right way to do it. I'm not, I'm iffy about J.J. Abrams. I know there's a lot of discourse about him right now within the fandom communities from Star Wars to Star Trek to everything else and beyond. But I think in terms of his basic like tenets and skills and what he's known for, I think they will lend them like lend themselves to doing Justice League Dark very well. So I'm excited. I'm mainly just curious about casting which i'm sure we'll have a slideshow up and in a little bit about who our who our ideal casting would be for these roles um but i just want some i just want me some more john constantine yeah but like, that's really matt ryan it's gonna well, be somebody else and i, I understand and i love what matt ryan did but i i do think with what justice league dark should be i i think the recasting is necessary so what? What? really <laughs> sorry legends He's yes. so good on Legends. He's perfect. Like, I agree. Matt Ryan is an amazing John Constantine, but I think for the direction that I can envision J.J. Abrams taking for this for HBO Max is going to need a different. I feel I like for sometimes Matt Ryan's too much of a precious snowball that I just want to protect. And I feel like <laughs> HBO Max is going to make him a little a little meaner. See, and I don't want to yeah. see that from Matt Ryan. I see that as I think Matt Ryan's a perfect fit for a JJ mm-hmm. Abrams Justice League Dark. Cause I but because I kind of agree with you. I don't necessarily like I heard the name and went, that's an interesting fit. Cause I don't mm-hmm. see him as a giant, you know, like, yes, he's dabbled in the supernatural, obviously on Lost and and like was it Super 8 or whatever? Like some of the other ones, like he's dabbled right. yeah. in stuff and mystery. But, like, he doesn't really ever go full on into mysticism and supernatural stuff like Justice League Dark does literally on every page. I mean, that, especially depending on who the team, like, if Madame Xanadu's in there and some other people, like, that book is steeped in that. So, he's an interesting pick. I don't necessarily think they're going to go as hard as they probably should if JJ is at the helm. Um, So, for that take... I'm like, well, Matt Ryan's actually probably perfect for that because you're not going to go as far as you maybe need to with that book. That book can get very dark if anyone reads the current run of it. That book can get very dark very quickly. Oh, um, yeah. So I mean, even the animated you know, film can get very dark. Very yeah, quickly. like and, oh, yeah. and uh, as it should, because that's. But I, I think I would love to see Matt Ryan just constantly play Constantine. Yeah, I'm good with it's that. Not Keanu. I want to see Matt Ryan, <laughs> like, yeah, constantly just 
jump Fran like continuities and always be Constantine. That'd be hilarious. It'd be hilarious if he was like Deadpool <laughs> and he just could like see through other dimensions. And he just knew all about yeah. all <laughs> That's great. Get a job, mate. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we also have a Looney Tunes trailer. Looney Tunes is coming back, which is Dude, one of I'm my pumped. favorites. Yeah, I love that's so cool. I saw Marvin the Martian and I lost it. I was like, okay, <laughs> they they yeah. got me. It was so sentimental, but also updated. You, yeah, talk to you about uh, life's conflicts. Yeah, talk to you about animation. It taught you about classical music. Looney Tunes was great. We need more shows like it. I love um, Looney Tunes. Yeah, a lot of good classical music in there, kids. Anyway, Elmo has a talk show. Studio Ghibli is going to be in there. So Elmo, aren't you I mean? Pop- the- who put in? Who put in Studio Ghibli? Was it, who was that? Megan? Uh, yeah, it's the okay. first time it's ever <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah, I, the Studio Ghibli. I mean, the studio, the anime studio behind Spirited Away, all those Howl's Moving Castle, Princess Mononoke. Yeah, they've never had their their movies available for streaming period. They only recently just opened it up for digital download and uh, HBO max will be the uh, exclusive streaming service for studio Ghibli films. So if they got Netflix, it's not going to help you, but if you have yeah, HBO max and you want to watch uh, Kiki's delivery service, you're doing good. So, and if you guys don't, if anybody doesn't know about this, because I literally had no idea what the heck Elmo talk show was until I saw what we were talking about today and I had to Google it. And then I, the first thing that comes up is the Jonas Brothers holding Elmo. I guess it's a family-friendly talk show with Elmo as a host. Yeah, it's called yeah. Not Too Which late. I'm about. I like it. But I mean, this is perfect. Desk. But I, mean, I need to give yeah, you My back. kids would love that. I, I'm nice. all about the Fraggle Rock personally, so I think that's a way bigger win on Apple. I, I'm all about the Fraggle Rock personally. I can't hate on Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock's obviously. Yeah. If you're only getting yeah. mini episodes on Apple, uh, it's like half a win. That sucks. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, but uh, HBO Max is coming, so we're going to be digging into that for sure. Stay tuned, uh, coming up in the weeks ahead as we uh, jump into that and uh, keep you updated on everything that's coming that way. Release the Snyder Cut. All right, when we come (laughs) back, we're going to talk about what's going on on TV right now. We have uh, some big events, some big finales, some big first impressions, plus Matt is going to break down some comics. Megan's going to break down some manga. We got some good stuff, so stay tuned. All right. First up, just a PSA. Uh, we had uh, Ashley Eckstein on, a Star Wars Clone Wars icon actress a couple of episodes ago. And she tried to warn us. She tried to tell us. She said the Siege of Mandalore arc on Clone Wars final season was going to be lit. It was going to get nuts. And it, she wasn't lying. It began this past week uh, with episode nine of Clone Wars uh, season seven, which revealed that the Siege of Mandalore, as many suspected, happens concurrently with events of the Revenge of the Sith. Um, and it revealed a kind of a heartbreaking, weird, bittersweet episode where Ahsoka Tano got to reunite with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin and her former master, Anakin Skywalker, just before the Siege of Mandalore when she was trying to get them to come with her and help capture Darth Maul on Mandalore. But uh, Kenobi and Skywalker get called away because. Chancellor Palpatine has been kidnapped by the Separatist Army and General Grievous, which, of course, you know, is the first event in the opening of Revenge of the Sith when Anakin and Obi-Wan have to stage this rescue mission. Anakin kills Count Dooku uh, during that mission, and that is the moment that kind of uh, Darth Sidious Palpatine sinks his claws into him and makes him his apprentice. So this last meeting in Clone Wars between Ahsoka and Anakin is really kind of, like I said, it's kind of poignant and heartbreaking because... You're just like, oh, dude, just go with her. Like, go with her, and like everything's gonna be okay. Like, it'll be, it'll be all good. But uh, of course, he doesn't, because and you know, we were joking with Ashley Eckstein that she needed to get these Ahsoka was right T-shirts made and start marketing them. But uh, <laughs> she really does because, I mean, she tried to warn the Jedi that they become too political. They were getting too much into political stuff, and like this was like the right thing to be doing was stopping somebody like Maul. And if they had mm-hmm. listened to her, you know, they could have avoided Order sixty six. Anakin's fall, all that stuff. So we need those Ahsoka was right t-shirts. Also, the Siege of Mandalore sequence in this episode was bananas. It, it's it's great. It's everything you know. Clone Wars has been building to in terms of just animation quality and action. And it was a badass, really 
shining badass moment for Ahsoka Tana. So be sure to check out those episodes. This one that's already out nine and the upcoming episodes to uh, close out the season. Cause yeah, man, it's crazy next week. It's Ahsoka versus Darth Maul. You don't want to miss that. Uh, we're going to try to talk to Ashley Eckstein again after this is all over and uh, get into all that. Did anybody else watch? Am I the only one doing my homework? Yeah. I, I don't watch it. I need to. I haven't caught up so far. I mean, I'm a huge Clone Wars fans. I just haven't been able to watch any of this season so far uh, with the anime season kind of happening concurrently. But Ahsoka is just general Star Wars queen. So everything you've just said has made me super excited to watch. That's awesome. I'm more about the Westworld hype right now. <laughs> well, there we go. Not, there's not even a comparison. Style. Oh, I know, I know there's not. It's just that's the one I'm up to date on. <laughs> All right. That's fine. All right. So moving right along real quick, I'm going to touch on uh, Better Call Saul. Just aired its finale. Um, I've said it before. I'll say it again. This show is better than Breaking Bad. Um, wow. It has grown Bold. much better than Breaking Bad, especially in these seasons that are now into the direct prequel of Breaking Bad's kind of Gus Fring story. Um, this stuff is, is awesome. And just seeing how Gus Fring's war with the Salamancas, like why it was where it was and how bad it was by the time Walter White steps into the picture, uh, this season Mm -hmm. really revealed that there's a Salamanca we meet that we've never saw on Breaking Bad and his fate and kind of what happens is to other characters that are in this show that we didn't see in Breaking Bad are still big looming questions. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was, it's, it's so good. It is just in the same theme of Breaking Bad, which is somebody's slow burn descent into like real kind of dark evil stuff. Only it's much more nuanced, much more slow burn. And I think much better executed and acted by Bob Odenkirk and Vince Gill, Gilligan. Cause uh, just because of just watching this guy, this two bit kind of hustler guy who just wants to be a good lawyer, like his brother slowly transform into Saul Goodman and this mm-hmm. season's big climactic thing was him getting into the cartel for the first time and really getting in the middle of that and then having this fantasy about being a gangster and then really getting into the middle of some like cartel, like everything hits the fan out in the desert and kind of how he first met and bonded with Mike over this event and all that stuff. And yeah, him realizing like what he's really sank his life into is it's, it's great. So if you don't better call Saul's on Netflix now, it is much better as a binge watch because the early seasons where it's just about him and his brother and being lawyers and stuff is like, it's good to be able to watch that and quit in like quicker blocks than week to week before you get to the Gus Fring stuff and the stuff that breaking bad people probably really want to say. So hmm. be sure to check that out <clears throat> while you're on Netflix. Oh buddy. Oh, Why buddy. didn't you tell me to watch this? I, I just this watched the trailer and I wanted to throw up. Janelle, like wow. I, I just, wow. I just dipped into. Why this are you last guys night. wowing me? Come on! I just dipped into this last <laughs> night, like, and I it was a roller coaster ride because it's <laughs> Netflix's new reality thing. We were in for Love Is Blind in the circle, so I figured, why not take a chance on this? And it was too hot to handle. Um, and the Basically. show's name is too hot to yeah. handle. And the show's name is too hot to handle. Talk about and, fan fiction. And it is, it is, <laughs> here's the deal, okay? The show's premise is simple. They get some of the prettiest, dumbest people together and just let them get drunk and get horny for each other. And then they throw in the curveball that there's a $100,000 prize, but any kind of sexual activity begins to drop that money down. So if they kiss, heavy petting, sex, like anything, drops that money down and they have to be in this resort with each other and be around each other. And if they want to win this money, they can't do anything like physical, like whatsoever. But oh, they're can, also like loading them yeah. with alcohol. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and no, like all of God that. knows what else. So, yeah, reality, so that makes like it, a reality yeah. show. Yeah. yeah so yeah. everyone's so, going to screw up. Like no one's going to actually win the money. This was a sure thing for them. Like they're going to be able to keep their money dude, in their know, pockets. When is, a, when, is a, when is a reality show set up? Not a sure thing for the reality <gasps> show producers. Like, <laughs> They're this not is taking like a Love chance Island on, season, yeah. on steroids. Well, it's Ugh. not because they're you can't bang. See, like they're not trying <laughs> to get photos. <laughs> they're going to anyways. But this um, is horrible. so okay, so thank you, yeah. Megan. 
Thank you. Hey, hey, hey it's no, it's no worse than making people get married without seeing each other. Like, Amen. Well, that's also terrible. <laughs> the, it's or terrible. The, or the fake story of falling in love that all of America tunes into. Like, Bachelorette. Wait, whoa, yeah. whoa. Bachelor in Paradise. Listen, yeah, I love exactly. them all. They're okay, terrible. So They're like eating split hairs. There was Cheetos. no reason for the bachelor blasphemy. Here, there was no okay, anyway, so we should all no eat reason. carrots, but we always yeah, like yeah, yeah, Cheetos. Yeah. There's no reason. For us. My thing is like, once you're into reality shows, you're just into reality shows. Let's yep. not split hairs, especially that all genre, right. the dating genre. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. here's the thing. This is why I brought love that uh, too hot to handle. <laughs> I'm so I glad you brought it up. You're episode. the only reason why I know about these, by the way. Okay, it's the, it's you. You're the reason yeah, why I watch these. Hey, I am a connoisseur <laughs> of all things media. This is how I do my job properly. But listen, so here's the deal. You watch this first episode, and yes, you hate all these people. You <laughs> within like I looked at my wife and I said, "Holy crap!" Like every single one of these people has said a red flag thing within five seconds of them <laughs> opening their mouths, <laughs> and like, and I was like, "Wow!" Every single one of these people, like, I mean, one guy, the big guy, refers to himself as a king of the jungle and has a lion tattoo, and refers to himself from the third person, all within his first monologue. And I was just like, "Wow, wow." <laughs> Yeah, there's, I mean, there's wow. airheads, there's, like, a girl who uh, I think wants to be Kim Kardashian, like, yeah, it's, <laughs> but, but, what, so I was, like, all the way through this first episode, I was, like, oh, man, I don't know if I could do this, because there's not even, like, one person I can cling to and identify with in this show, like, I mean, Chloe, who's this English kind of 20-year-old airhead, is is funny, so, like, I guess there's that, but I was, like, there's nothing I can like, however, <laughs> however, and here's the caveat right here. I almost said Kavit again. They would have roasted me. But um, when the twist comes in, when they find out that they can't bang each other, the looks on these people's faces <laughs> and what happens to these people, these like pretty little idiots who are used to just running around drinking and screwing whoever they want, like just the torment on their faces is the schadenfreude that made me want to come back and definitely check out episode two. Because two of them were like literally sneaking into a bungalow to bang when the weird little Alexa thing like comes up and like interrupts them. And in that circle, they just look like they want to cry and get as far as <laughs> each other as humanly possible. Oh, in that and that's exactly it. The schadenfreude of that is now you get to see all these little pretty little idiots squirm. And like, that's what I want to tune in. If anyone wants to skip watching the show, you can just watch the trailer because they show that moment in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Dude. This, hey, this, this has be auto, so good. this has tried to autoplay like numerous times. You know, how Netflix does the thing where like, yeah, yeah. Goes the giant screen yeah, and yeah. I've almost clicked on it like four times. And I'm like, no, nah, this looks terrible, but I can't judge it because then I ended up getting sucked into that first episode of that stupid bachelor spinoff where they're all singers. And oh no, you started forget- watching it. Yeah. So I forget God, the name of it. It's like my worst nightmare living in Nashville. That <laughs> so show. I can't judge it. So I cannot judge it. I swear it. to God, they made that show because so it's many so bachelor bad. and bachelorettes moved to Nashville after it's they're so on the show. It's so terrible. And uh, I watched the first episode. So I will probably watch the second one. So I will give this one a shot <laughs> because at least this one has like an interesting like premise. I was cackling maniacally okay. at the end. <laughs> All right, I'm faces, I I'm couldn't sold. stop. I was just like, oh my God. Cause you ever see people who can't, who aren't good at the thinking, like trying to like go a bunch of thoughts and emotions <laughs> in one moment. <laughs> and they're just like, they have no idea. Their entire worldview just gets oh shifted. And I was, I was on, I was just, I couldn't stop laughing. And yeah. Oh, um, but yeah, these people, I mean, you got to get, just play a drinking game, bring yourself a drink. And okay. every time, you hear something that would be an immediate red flag to you in a bar if somebody said it to you, to approaching you to talk, like just take a drink and see how drunk you get by the end of this first episode. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, if I could get my hands on any with my Zatanna shot, shot. I will say I will like it did all the makeout scenes I covered my eyes for. Um, oh my gosh. Awkward or uncomfortable. I'm not very good with it. And yeah. Oh God. I was just like, <laughs> In a coronavirus era, I was just like, I can't <laughs> oh, watch this. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah. Yeah, Not they, social distance approved. Yeah, the the uh, the lines that came before the makeout was when I started covering my eyes, if we're all being honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, just staring and talking and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and We're trying to be witty conversation, and I just want to kill myself. And But, like, yeah. <laughs> 
you got to just get to the end of that first episode because the turn is great, and I want to see where this goes. Because then it gets it gets competitive because they can. There's like games that they introduce, like if certain people you can screw other people over for the money by doing certain things. Mm-hmm. It gets like it gets really crazy. So I'm gonna check this out. Netflix has not let us down. In no, this they really have Netflix. They really have been not. there for us, and I trust in this trash. <laughs> I trust concept. in Netflix. That's great. All right, I feel I'm I'm spent. Okay. <laughs> that was a lot of excitement that you had to get through. Right yeah, now. yeah, <laughs> I, I'm very, very hyped. I'm so happy to check in with these pretty idiots tonight. All right, so <laughs> Matt, Megan, uh, let's start with comics. Matt, is there, what's going on? Janelle, what's going on? Megan, yeah. manga stuff is happening. What's going on? Let's start. Uh, let's start with Megan. She's a guest here. Yeah. Hey. 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 So we have two big manga um, announcements, but before we get into that, I did want to make sure I mentioned that uh, like two hours before the podcast began to record, it was announced that One Punch Man is getting a live action uh, film from Sony Pictures. So if you are aware of One Punch Man, it's basically like a really kind of smart, over the top, um, half serious, half like parody of like the superhero genre and it's basically it follows a hero known as one punch man or also saitama who is literally so powerful he can defeat any opponent with a single punch but it's really funny because he's like this bald middle-aged man who looks like super lanky and just like really likes grocery shopping so he's basically like starting to mentor people and in the hopes of finding a villain who will challenge him um you know, he continues to be a hero, but he doesn't get the credit that he deserves because he'll walk away and someone else will get the credit. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that's going to work out. But in terms of actual manga, um, in the past week, we had um, a couple of delays because of the coronavirus pandemic. But we did get new chapters of Borto, Naruto Next Generation, and Dragon Ball Super. So I know myself and Kofi on this podcast and on our social handles, we've been praising these series for a long time now, but Borto really pulled through with some really big revelations about the villain organization Kara, who will be the showing entire a Naruto anime saga before long. isn't the same. Yeah, like it really does fundamentally change how you view the big war that happens in Naruto Shippuden, who the Otsutsuki uh, clan is, what their what their whole goal is to do with the Ten Tails. Um, uh, Bijou, you learn a bunch of stuff that kind of changes your view of that, and it also kind of blows Naruto's mind because in this sequel, he's the Hokage and he thinks he's like done all this great stuff, and he has, but then he learns that a lot of it was pointless. <laughs> Everyone's like, Well, crap. Um, so that was a huge revelation. Also, we got some information about Kashin Koji, who's been a new character in the, the manga, and we learned a little bit about his true identity, which a lot of people are obsessed about knowing because myself and many others believe he's related to Jiraiya. So RIP the true king. I think it's, oh, my theory, and I'm putting it down here. I think because he said he was created, I think he's Orochimaru's kind of artificial humanoid ode to one of his best friends and he bought back Jiraiya as like one of his creations. And because he knew- Kofi, why are you breaking my heart? As the Otsutsuki, he knew that this wasn't done, and so he's, like, the smartest kind of... He's been on this, whereas, like, other people haven't. It would make a lot of more sense with, like, a lot of the the animes, kind of, like, the whole Mitsuki arc and that whole thing, and, like... Well, whole, Kofi here uh, just broke my heart, so I'm going to have him <laughs> write a whole thing on this oh, theory oh, I'm so I can on cry that, yeah. Oh, that Kofi oh, thing dang. is, like, I'm on that, but, like, yeah. yeah he so said that- he was created to destroy him. I was like, oh, I feel like this yeah. is Urchimaru. Yeah, so that that's what happened in Borto. And as far as Dragon Ball Super, we got an update on Goku's fight with Moro. Basically, at the end of the chapter, we learned that Moro has powered up to the point where he is able to surpass gods. So basically, power scaling doesn't exist in Dragon Ball, if it ever did, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Um, but Moro is stupid powerful now. Vegeta is still off-planet training. So traditionally, it looks like Goku's going to get into a pinch, and Vegeta's going to come in and kind of try to like save the day. But you know, ultimately, he's not going to get that, that win in. He might get to share it with Goku, but um, unless something drastic changes, I don't think our, our Prince of the Saiyans is going to come out on top. Uh, but those two chapters were really good. And later today, we should actually, timely enough, be getting the new chapter of One Punch Man. Uh, so we have a bunch of good manga to be looking forward to Demon right Slayer's now. Demon Slayer is also causing some, some controversy right now. 
Yeah, Demon Slayer, obviously, it's one of those series that's like super popular. It's the best selling series in Japan right now. And it's one of the best selling series in America, uh, given how good its anime was. But the last few chapters and what it's done with Tanjiro and his kind of uh, um, undead battling has, in the words of my uh, my um, colleague, Nick Valdez, been insanely stupid. So um, if you are caught up with Demon Slayer, uh, we definitely have some thoughts and we're definitely covering those over on the anime channel. But I'm, I'm kind of worried that the popularity is getting to Demon Slayer's head. Kind of, I'm kind of worried that they're just trying to pull out enough, you know, revivals and give me's and stuff like that to keep the, the series going because it's selling so well. Because originally Demon Slayer wasn't supposed to be a super long series. Um, but now that it's been doing so stupidly well and making goo gobs of money, um, it kind of just feels like they are doing some cash grabbing right now. So we'll see if they can kind of turn that reputation around. I'm a huge fan of Demon Slayer, so I see this all with love. Um, but yeah, Tanjiro needs to, he needs to, you know, reevaluate some things in his life right now. <laughs> finally, we got to move on to Matt, but uh, also if you guys aren't checking out My Hero Academia, it's finally gotten real in My Hero Academia. There's a legit war. People are bleeding. People are dying. Um, and big things are happening, so keep an eye on that as well. And this is a time, like we said at the beginning of this quarantine stuff, if you're not breaking into stuff like manga, that Shonen Jump subscription is, is worth all the comics in the world, especially right now with the industry shut down. So check that out. Uh, but speaking of comics, Matt, what do you got for us? Well, uh, so speaking of comics, one of the bigger things that uh, kind of broke towards the end of last week and early this week is that there will be new DC Comics uh, starting next week, actually. Um, now, it's not everything. There is some, they're doing essentially, they're going around Diamond. They've kind of formed their own distribution uh, thing through like two, like a major comic store and somebody else. So they're kind of going around it. It's not going to be all the releases, but there is some good stuff coming next week. Um, this week is still like the same two, you know, like Teen Titans Digital and Batman Adventures Digital. There's not really much else. Uh, but next week will be Daphne Byrne, uh, The Dreaming, and Batman Giant number four. So there will be at least some like new books. Those are physical, by the way, not just digital. So if a store is open and doing curbside service and stuff like that, there will be a couple new books. May, the first week of May is actually when like DC will start like resuming a lot of their books. Not everything Batman 92 is still being delayed because essentially Diamond is sitting on like 100,000 copies. So they're not going to just eat that, reprint it. So some books like that will just, you'll have to wait until this really dies down and more stores are open. But at least you're going to get some new books and uh, Marvel's still kind of mum, and some other places are still mum on what they're going to do. Uh, so that is just really what's going on in comics right now. What Kofi said, though, is true. Between DC Universe, Marvel Unlimited, Comixology Unlimited, and just honestly, there's a lot of local comic stores that are having sales on trades and things like that that are still open. There's more than enough stuff to read. So if you are looking to get into something, give a new series a shot. It's the perfect time. One I will point to you uh, is Superman Smashes the Clan. It's actually just a three- part uh little mini series the trade is coming out uh within the next week or two um and it's just a really it, it takes place at the beginning of superman's career uh it's only three books they're larger than normal but it's just a really like there's some topical stuff in there of course with the subject matter but also there's just like a lot of really good straight up superman stuff it's set right at the beginning of, of his career where he's still learning things uh so it's just a really interesting read so i would definitely recommend that as for janelle I'm very curious to see where you are in your comic book journey. So what's up with Hi. that? Hi. Okay, so that's me. Hi. Uh, <laughs> I, um, okay, so I'm not, I'm very excited because I was finishing up a the comic that I was currently on literally right before we started the podcast. And um, it's, I know you probably think I would be further progressed, but I kind of just like browsed through a lot of these, um, the second link you gave me, which has like all like a ton, like there, I think there's like almost 200 pages to read. So I just, I honestly just sunk my teeth and just started like reading fully, like, and taking in the Dr. Strange Sorcerer Supreme. Um, I guess the return of Dormammu comes back and steals his body and he, Dr. Strange <laughs> is currently in a rat. He's like his, 
he's inside of a rat. And I left off right before we started the podcast with Dr. Strange in like a sewer inside of rat form so that Dormammu can't find him in his actual body, in Dr. Strange's body. <laughs> it's like the crazy, is that making any sense? <laughs> like, do you know what I'm talking about? Which comic I'm on? <laughs> Yeah. I don't even think that's a comic. I think it's a fever dream you had. It's a fever dream. <laughs> I mean, the difference between fever dreams and Marvel comics aren't that far of a step. Very true. So, this is I really, true. When I began this comic, I was taken aback because it all felt very dramatic. There was no humor to it. It was just really like hitting you in the face with like, this is the dramatic moment of Doctor Strange. And I'm like, oh God, like I need my movie voice. Um, but then the story just got really, really good and I'm really into it. Again, we talked about this, how it's a little bit more wordy, but I actually started to kind of really enjoy the wording because it helped me understand, um, kind of previous stories. Also, like as a new comic book reader, I'm seeing little, uh, call twos, like it will have an asterisk and it will say, see strange tales number three or whatever it will say in the bottom corner, um, like where you can see that backstory so that you understand what's happening or you kind of understand some context. I didn't even know that existed. So that's really cool. I'm starting to learn that um, about this. And it was actually a really easy read. Um, I, I'm try- I guess I now know that like the woman that he loves, Clea, is that right? Clea? Yep, you got it right. Yeah. Clea and then, you know, the Dormammu relationship. I am very eager to understand where Dr. Doom fits in. Um, Just, I honestly, like I said, was reading this while we were waiting on you to get on the call, uh, Matt. And I just like, my mouth dropped. I was like, hold up. Dr. Strange just lost his body. (laughs) I had like a moment. So, um, you know, and he faked his own death and it's just, it's a lot of information in, in just a few pages, I think it's like 34 pages, maybe 32. Yeah. And, uh, dude, I like it. I'm into it. I think I need to be in the right headspace when I get into this. And because mm-hmm. we're like in this time that I have a lot of time to sit and really read it and kind of, I've had to reread a few sections so that because I don't have that context with the other, like, you know, Fantastic Four is at the funeral and all of these other people that I guess have been related to him and other comics. It's, I'm, I'm still figuring out those relationships and I'm, I'm curious to kind of expand upon that and, and see where he has slid into other superhero stories and things like that. So yeah, yeah I'm no, loving it. That's I'm awesome. pumped. Dude, I love it. I'm so excited. I I'm going to end this call and I'm going to read the next one. Beca- and I'm just going to con- I'm going to read all the way through this whole series for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I and, and and very much so. It's like you're pretty much on the nose as far as like those early books and even not even early books. Just there's a certain kind of chunk of comic book time where everything's a lot more melodramatic. A lot yeah. more self-serious. You just have to, get, you have to be prepared for it. It's not yeah. bad. You just no, have to be exactly. prepared. Because um, I, I did kind of sneak forward. We talked about it a bunch. And I went yeah. into the next one. The, um, It's a mini series, Doctor Strange, The Oath, 2006, 2007. Yes. I read like maybe a few pages into that just to kind of get it. And it felt more humorous and lighthearted. Yeah. So, and, um, and that's honestly yeah. where, and for me, like, there's some things I put in there in the breakdown that were like mm-hmm. kind of required reading because they're of a, lot of, yeah. of a lot of Dr. Strange characters. Yeah. There it's a lot of backstory and stuff you kind of need to know, but as yeah. far as stuff I like to read of him, that's not necessarily one of them. I like the more humorous stuff because I think that. Yeah. Same. Personality. So, yeah. But I also <laughs> like, it's hard to switch gears when I like the first one you signed me to read. Like I'm just, I just, I loved it so much. So switching gears is a little tough. It took me a while to kind of ease into this style and like this verbiage and stuff, but I I am really enjoying it. I'm super enjoying it. Yay, yay. So yeah, I love it. All right. Not to cut you short, but I'm going to cut you short. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to check in and see uh, where Janelle is next week. And uh, yeah, that'll do it for this episode. So this has been uh, Comic Book Nation. This has been our latest quarantine episode. If you're just now getting into the show because you have nothing else to do, we put up new episodes every Wednesday, every Friday on comicbook.com. You can subscribe to our RSS feed and get new episodes of the show. You can also subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms. We are on uh, iTunes Podcast, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, 
Google Podcast and Google Playlist, or you can find video of the show on YouTube, uh, the comicbook.com YouTube page, or you can see us when we go on Facebook Live every Wednesday and every Friday and catch up a video of the show there. If you want to catch up with any of us about anything we talk about, pitch topics, pick grenade topics that we can argue about, or just touch base with us and say what's up, you can always find us at the hashtag ComicBookNation or hanging around any one of our uh, comicbook.com quarantine watch parties, which are still ongoing. I think we just did a Broly uh, Dragon Ball Super one. We just did a Walking Dead one. We got some more big movie ones coming up. So stay tuned to that quarantine watch party hashtag as well. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. Uh, you can find me at Janelle Wheeler and also on Twitch. And I've seen some of you coming in from the podcast. Thank you so much. You guys are super cool. You can hit me up at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can hit me up on Twitter at Megan Peters CB. All right. That'll do it for this episode. Uh, if you guys are just tuning into the show, also, we're going to be coming up on a review uh, rundown where we read reviews of the show on uh, iTunes and send you guys some time t-shirts. Again. Yeah, we're getting close. <laughs> it's that time. Soon. We'll be back mm-hmm. in the office before you know it. And once we do, once we decontaminate all our wardrobe, we will be able to send out some t-shirts to uh, ah. everybody. So leave those five-star reviews. I've seen them building on iTunes. I want to encourage you to keep building them up and uh, so we can get back and do a nice little review. We need a that. jingle. We need a reviews jingle. Stop it. We're getting out on of it. Now. We're done. <laughs> Thank you. Stop it. All right. We're getting out of here now. That's been it. This is Comic Book Nation. We're done. This is done. Bye. Peace. Peace.